As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You think you're not slaves, but you are. The nine-to-five existence of your current lives is structured by the American industrial complex complicit with our government. So it leaves you really questioning everything you thought you knew. sense of separation, the sense of isolation is the thing that is within you and me and makes us feel alien to everything else that's outside of us. So that is why as you sit there within your body and you look out through your eyeballs and you listen through your ears and you look around you, everything else is not you. And you don't fit. You're listening to Up Is Down with Dean Reiner. to distribute both uh, vaccines upon EUA approval in the fair and equitable uh, distribution manner that I discussed earlier. Uh, we are ready to simultaneously, if, if EUA occurs, to ship both to all 64 jurisdictions. The, the reason the virus uses the exosome is because the exosome on the outside of it has the ability to connect and communicate the disease. It can attach to the AC2 or the CD this or that receptor in the body, whereas the virus can't. And so in order for the virus to go anywhere, it has to hijack something that allows it to go where it needs to go. It's That's the design. It's designed that way in nature, and it's designed that way in man-made lab settings. Now, here's the important part. If you read the description of this over and over from all these different sources, and then you look at the way that the new vaccine is going to work. The vaccine is the virus. The vaccine is delivering that viral RNA, which will then reprogram your DNA. In order for that vaccine to work, 
it's going to have to infect your cells. It will release endosomes, these little vesicles that travel out through the body. As we get ready for questions, I just want to conclude the opening by expressing my deep appreciation to, uh, to Dr. Slowey and General Perna. You know, whenever I created Operation Warp Speed, I, I called around to people in the industry, experts in vaccines, and everybody said, the person that you need leading this is Monsef Slowey, um, the, the world's leading vaccine developer with the greatest track record of delivering results. The vaccine is the virus. The vaccine is delivering that viral RNA. You don't have a choice. People act like you have a choice. Yeah, man, no choice whatsoever. Welcome back to another episode of the Up Is Down podcast with me, your friend, your neighbor, your host, your mailman, your enemy, Dean Reiner from the apartment bunker coming at you from Porkloin, Borgen, the center stage of the most progressive city on the left coast. Oh my God, what a shit show it is. Are you ready for a dark winter? Are you gearing up? Are you packing up? Are you using this chaos to your advantage? I suggest you do. All lanes are wide open right now for those of us who are thinking ahead, who are thinking downrange a little bit. Um, This is your time to act. This is your time to do something and to take matters into your own hands. Whatever that means is up to you to decide. But for me, I am taking aims to change my situation in some very drastic ways that are going to upset my little apple cart and maybe change the dimension of this show and most definitely change the dimension of my life. I can't wait. I'm super excited and I'm scared to death. More on that at another time. For now, a little update from Oregon. Our Governor Brown, in her psychopathic, hysterical way, has announced somehow along the way that 20 people died in the hospital due to COVID. That is disinformation. That is a cumulative report that was issued that day. I think her tweet said something that she had a report of 20 people dying in a day. That's not true. It was a report issued that day of cumulative numbers of deaths. That is disinformation. That is not true. So... That's just another aspect of how crazy things are in Portland. It really seems like uh, black lives don't really seem to matter that much at this particular time in Portland. I don't know about other parts of the country, but most people in my neighborhood and most of the signage that I've seen on reader boards of businesses have changed their Black Lives Matter letters to say uh, takeout only. So uh, things are definitely changing. I predicted this months ago. For those of you who are paying attention, uh, this is all ramped up to keep us distracted and engaged in very negative, low-frequency ways so we can get further irate and confused and discombobulated over this fake bullshit election, the consequences of which do not matter because, as we know, on either side, nothing will fundamentally change at all, period, end of story. Are you waiting for the thousands of sealed indictments to be unwrapped? Are you waiting for Trump to make a move? Nothing's going to happen. Whether or not you believe he won the election in a landslide is inconsequential because they're going to hand it to Biden anyway because we're going against a glacier that is slowly and irrevocably changing the landscape forever. That's why I say all lanes are open. Choose your destiny. Choose wisely. Use the chaos to your advantage. Before we get into the subject, which is the Operation Warp Speed press briefing that I caught the other day, just two days ago it was out. On the Department of Homeland Security or Department of Human Health Services website, there was a whopping, according to YouTube, 5,000 views of this video. So I wonder who saw it. But while everyone is on pins and needles, glued to their screens, tweeting and retweeting and arguing with bots 
this little press conference happened and it was very informative. I thought it was very interesting. I don't really care if you do or not, but I felt it worthy to share. And I'm going to try to weave some other input in and out of this this little press briefing. What we have here is Alex Azar, General Perna, and the new, apparently the new vaccine specialist, Salawi. Mustaf Salawi, I think is his name, talking about the Operation Warp Speed and how amazing it is and how we're simply just weeks away from tens of millions of experimental, questionable vaccines that ultimately will not work, followed by more tens of millions of phase two and ultimately phase three and four rounds of vaccines, one or more for every man, woman and child in America. And no point in this conversation and this press briefing, nor was it asked from any of the journalists, was there any question of voluntary or mandate. It's just something to keep in mind as we move forward. Uh, but real quick, before we get into that, a couple of shout outs for some people. Joe Bo, thank you for your conversation with me about cryptocurrency. I'm looking forward to expanding on that with another friend of mine, maybe making a show out of it. It was very informative. Sorry I was so tired that night. Uh, Ryan in California, rural USPS carrier. I'm sorry for your situation. Uh, I only hope that you are also thinking further down the range and thinking about how you can change some things in your life. USPS, USPS should not be your only source of income, and you are better than that. You are better than that job. It's a drag that they are penalizing you for doing your best. Uh, Godspeed to you, my friend. Brian Chappell, thank you very much for your donation. You are hereby the executive producer of Episode 71 of Up Is Down Podcast. Keep that in your back pocket. I really appreciate your support, your listenership, and your unwavering commitment to the show. It is not unnoticed, nor do I take it for granted. Matthew Crow, thank you very much for your email about the Freedom Cells and your your uh, suggestion of Derek Bros. Um, I, I did give a shout out to Derek Bros on his website, and I'm hoping to get in contact with him. It would be an honor to have him on the show, even briefly, to discuss some of the things in his perspective and the way he sees the world and some of the movements he's fighting. And the, I just want to know more about the guy, and I want him to speak. I think his words are very powerful. So thank you very much, Matt. Uh, Sir Seatsitter down there in Tennessee, my new buddy. We'll talk soon. Um, shit, Chris Jerome. Thank you very much for your email. Rob, thank you. I think I might have already given you a shout-out a couple shows ago, but if not, there you go. Rob, you're the shit. Thanks for your support. Mandrew, I do not know much about the three-cent letters that take place in the post office. I don't really care about that kind of information. I'm not really that interested in the secrets of the post office. I'm divorcing myself from that entire institution uh, as we speak. Uh, hopefully, it's not going to be my, my source of income anymore, and, and uh, I think I'm looking forward to detaching myself from the entire system as far as USPS is concerned. I couldn't give a shit less, but for your sake, I will do some investigation into the three-cent letter thing because I think it is a pretty neat trick. Everyone deserves to know tricks. Matt Hearn, my buddy in the UK, thanks for your emails. Thank you for your support. I think I got your email the very same day that I produced the episode in which I was wondering about status in the UK. Uh, thank you very much. Stay tuned, my friend. I really appreciate your correspondence and just knowing that you're out there listening really matters a lot to me. You're the shit. And finally, Chris Pierre. I'm not sure if I gave you a shout out last time, but I'm doing it again this time. So thanks so much, Chris Pierre. Sorry if my voice is kind of coming in and out of the microphone. I put it in a new position and I'm also reading off of a, a piece of paper. 
to keep track of all these names of all you badass listeners out there. I only hope for more. I'm trying to change some directions, not only in my life, but in this show. If you have any suggestions of things that you'd like to uh, know more about or, or hear me speak about, or maybe some people I could speak with about some of those things, please let me know at gmail. Go to deanreiner.com, leave a comment, leave a message, do whatever you want. This is America. It's your lane, your role. Okay, moving on to the press briefing of the Operation Warp Speed. Very interesting stuff. Cheers. It is now my pleasure to turn the conference over to Michael Pratt, Director of Strategic Communications. Sir, you may begin. Thank you so much. Thank you all for joining today's briefing to discuss updates on Operation Warp Speed COVID-19 vaccine development and distribution. Briefing today are HHS Secretary Alex Azar, Dr. Monsef Slawi, the Chief Scientific Advisor to Operation Warp Speed, and General Gustav Perna, the Chief Operating Officer for Operation Warp Speed. Okay, well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining this update on Operation Warp Speed. Because of President Trump's founding and leadership of Operation Warp Speed, even as we face daunting epidemiological trends around the country, we have reasons for optimism. With Monday's announcement from the Independent Data and Safety Monitoring Board for Moderna's candidate vaccine that it showed about 95% efficacy, we now have two safe and highly effective vaccines that could be authorized by the Food and Drug Administration and ready to distribute within weeks. Yes, safe. Safe. We know they're safe because the manufacturers said so. Operation Warp Speed has accelerated the timelines for delivering an eventual safe and effective vaccine in a number of ways. We made development investments in five different vaccines and upfront pre-purchase agreements with six vaccines, driving drug makers to begin manufacturing before they know whether their products would be successful or not. You know how that goes. 45 We've worked closely with these manufacturers to ensure that they have what they need in the way of raw materials. With Operation Warp Speed applying the same skills and that keep the U.S. military supplied to ensure that there are no delays in vaccine production. Sir, yes, sir! What's your excuse? Sir, excuse for what, sir? I'm asking the fucking questions here, Private. Do you understand? Sir, yes, sir. Well, thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a while? Because of this work, by the end of December, we expect to have about 40 million doses of these two vaccines available for distribution, pending FDA authorization. Enough to vaccinate about 20 million of our most vulnerable Americans. The most vulnerable of Americans, of course, being poor people, minorities, and the elderly and infirmed. And production, of course, would continue to ramp up after that. We've been laying the groundwork for distribution and administration for months. There are four major tasks necessary to get the manufactured product to Americans safely in order to save lives. Allocation, distribution, administration, and ongoing monitoring and data work. Notice how he says manufactured product. He doesn't say cure. He barely even says vaccine. It's a manufactured product and monitoring and data collection to ensure that it's actually working or just to monitor what it's doing exactly because clearly they can't possibly run enough tests to ensure its safety or efficacy 
All we know is what someone else said. We have no idea how those conclusions or numbers were arrived at. Uh, it's just an interesting choice of words. These guys are politicians, but worse than that, they're lawyers. And if you listen to how Alex Azar speaks, he is clearly a adept lawyer. We've led much of the groundwork for these efforts and covered the major costs. We've paid for the vaccines. Sold them 45, sold them 45 dollars, put them on 281, 281. We've worked to ensure that administration costs will be covered by private insurers and the federal government through Medicare, Medicaid, and our program to cover COVID-19 costs for the uninsured. So no American will face an out-of-pocket cost for getting a COVID-19 vaccine. We procured ancillary supplies like needles and personal protective equipment and assembled them into kits that we will pair up with vaccine supplies as they're distributed. This overall task is a partnership between the federal government, including Operation Warp Speed and the CDC, and the 64 state, local, and territorial public health jurisdictions that CDC works with on public immunization programs. For allocation, the CDC's highly respected, long-standing Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices will make recommendations to the CDC director about how to prioritize populations for distribution of initially scarce vaccine and will then be allocating vaccine to jurisdictions on a pro rata population basis. Then the federal government will use the contract we have with McKesson, one of the world's leading distributors of pharmaceutical and medical products, as well as a direct arrangement with Pfizer to ship the product from manufacturing sites to where the jurisdictions decide it needs to go. In other words, it's going to be at the discretion of your governor and their relative level of hysteria or concern. We've been working closely with those jurisdictions as they draw up their plans for where vaccine needs to be shipped and how it will be administered, which they've already submitted to CDC for review and have received feedback on. We've done a great deal of work at HHS to support jurisdictions in these efforts. Last week, we reached nationwide agreements to allow administration of the vaccine by pharmacy chains and networks of independent pharmacies that cover more than 60% of the pharmacies across the country. Because of these agreements, states can have us ship product directly to these partners for administration. The vast majority of Americans live within five miles of a pharmacy, so vaccination in pharmacies is a huge piece of ensuring easy access to vaccines once they are authorized or approved and recommended for the general public. It should be noted that just because a warp speed produced vaccine is authorized for use through an emergency youth authorization, that does not directly translate in any way to an approval to use. And that approval is issued by the FDA, which is another branch of a corrupt government that seeks to uh, fleece millions of dollars for approval and, certi and certifications. So just something to keep in mind, just because something is authorized to use does not necessarily mean that it is approved to use. Using pharmacy networks allows us to expand access beyond just standalone brick and mortar pharmacies because pharmacists, pharmacy interns, and pharmacy technicians also provide vaccinations in places like grocery stores. The ultimate goal here is to make getting a COVID-19 vaccine as convenient as getting a flu shot. Every year after year after year, for free, because they love you, because it's a cure. The vaccine is the virus. The vaccine is delivering that viral RNA. 
This easy option complements the agreements we announced last month with CVS and Walgreens for them to offer vaccines in nursing homes and assisted living facilities, which present special challenges. I am pleased to report that we have seen tremendous uptake of that option already. 99% of skilled nursing facilities across the country have signed up, and 100% of facilities in 20 states are signed up. They're signed up. They're signed up to do it, but that doesn't mean that what they're doing is going to help anyone or save anyone. He just told you that there's tremendous difficulty in administering these type of vaccines, this particular vaccine, and any vaccine in nursing and care facilities. But it doesn't matter because they have such a tremendous amount of willingness to sign up for these programs, to sign up to do it. 99%. Isn't that great? Forget about the fact that he doesn't even mention that it actually works and that it's going to help anybody at all. Finally, while any vaccine distributed will have already gone through months of safety testing, we're also working with jurisdictions to ensure that they're enrolled in the information technology infrastructure that we need to monitor for any potential safety issues. As I said at the start, we have reasons for optimism. Thanks to the incredible public servants working on Operation Warp Speed elsewhere at HHS, across the country, and thanks to President Trump's unwavering support of Operation Warp Speed, we have such a bright future ahead of us. But at the same time that we have such good news on vaccines, we know we face daunting trends in the virus in most parts of the country. Right now is not the time for anyone to let their guard down. We continue to encourage Americans to follow the three W's. Wash your hands. Watch your distance. Wear your face coverings when you can't watch your distance. And avoid settings where you can't do those things. As we look ahead to Thanksgiving next week, I urge Americans to listen to guidance from their state and local governments and consult CDC's guidelines about how gatherings can be made as safe as possible. The safest way to celebrate Thanksgiving this year is at home with the people you live with and through virtual celebrations. Gathering indoors with people who aren't members of your household is a higher-risk activity for spreading the virus. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but a few weeks ago, the CDC put out a little statement on their own website, as they always do. They tell you what they're doing if you're just keeping up on it. Uh, but they, they informed the, the world and the United States that they are no longer going to be collecting any data about their so-called regular flu this year, that it's all corona. So what does that tell you? That tells me that all they're looking for and all they will find consequently is coronavirus because the coronavirus is a flu virus. And so they have just eradicated all information and all data collection about any other flu besides coronavirus. So all the talk of the twindemic and all of the cases, and I guess there are real deaths happening and real hospitalizations because those hospitalizations would be happening otherwise anyway because it is the flu season, but the CDC has ceased reporting or collecting data on anything but SARS-CoV-2. They're completely disregarding that there is any other thing that anyone could be sick with at all, probably because that's the truth, probably because there only is SARS-CoV-2 now. It is the flu, and that's it. Now, I know, it sounds crazy, and when you say it, you get this. Okay, but that... Ah... 
Please know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Because of the sacrifices Americans have made and the hard work that so many have done, we will have the chance to celebrate holidays much more safely with family and friends not so far in the future. It's just for two weeks. We're just flattening the curve for two weeks. It's just for a month. It's just for two months. It's just for six months. It's just going to be for two years. It's just going to be for 12 years, you guys. It's just going to be for an entire generation. Just one generation. We have to flatten this curve. I now want to hand things over to Dr. Slowey to discuss more about the current status of vaccine development and production, and then to General Perna to discuss in much more detail the distribution plans as they stand now. We anticipate having regular briefings of this kind for the media to ensure that you have full visibility into our vaccine and therapeutic programs, as well as our distribution planning in cooperation with the states. Dr. Slowey? Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Uh, hello, everybody. So we are, frankly, very pleased with the progress made 10 months, a little bit less than 10 months after this description of this uh, new virus, COVID-19 virus. In terms of vaccine development, we have two vaccines that have already uh, shown 95% uh, or so efficacy. We have two more uh, vaccines that have shown uh, that are recruiting phase three trials uh, with about 11,000 subjects recruited in one and about 8,000 subjects recruiting in the other, and two more that uh, should be starting their phase three trials in, in the very near future. So that's six different vaccines all competing at the same time. Six, two and two and two. How come 10 months after describing this virus, we are able as an industry, as a, a, a government, as academics, how, how come are we able to uh, be so far along? How, how, did, how was this achieved? What we've done was to... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leverage the decades of discovery and research that was done in identifying and optimizing platform technologies, like cassette players that are able to play cassettes with different musics, or make vaccines against different viruses. 
and we used a perfected set of cassette players to put in them the COVID-19 information, and they played that music as well as we could have ever hoped, both in terms of their performance in the clinic and in terms of their capacity to be manufactured at large scale. All right, so this guy, first I think he says he's leveraging all the dickheads, and then he says that they're putting the COVID (laughs) virus into a cassette player to play the perfect music. I don't know what the hell that means. I don't know you could put a virus into a cassette player to play music after, of course, you leverage all the dickheads. But let's find out what he's really talking about. We also went very fast because we took financial risks to invest in parallel in very large clinical trials as well as in manufacturing before we knew whether these vaccines would be effective or not. The trials are about two, three, maybe even four times larger than what's required normally. The reason we've done that was to be able to accrue enough cases faster by having more people into the trial. But the other reason we have done that is because by running larger trials, we were able to document the safety of these vaccines on larger populations and have higher confidence in their safety before using to the population. Here we are, uh, you know, a few months, seven, eight months after the start of this process, with two vaccines that have achieved 95% efficacy. They will be shortly filed for emergency use authorization. And if approved, we have already started to stockpile vaccine doses, as Mr. Secretary has said, uh, to, to the tune of about 40 million by the end of the month of December and equivalent or slightly higher number on a monthly basis going forward to start immunizing the U.S. population that need the vaccine. So they've been working on this thing for six to eight months or so. They've been stockpiling. They have 40 million doses of this particular vaccine. He doesn't say which one it is because there are six of them ready to go out, followed by a new rollout every month on a month-by-month basis for those who in his words, need the vaccine. But what does that mean? Who is that? Who are those peoples? As they described earlier, there's going to be selected populations that are going to be chosen at the discretion of their governors or other officials and experts. But there's no telling who or where they are or when they're going to be out and what the criteria is for someone who may or may not need the vaccine. If you're sick, do you need the vaccine? Or do you need the vaccine so you don't get sick? If you're sick, are you sick? Or if you're not sick, are you still sick? By the language being used, it seems like even if, especially if you're not sick, well, then you're definitely sick. I mean, just look at all of our filthy children out there. They're all disease mongers. Now, let me say a few more words about the safety of these vaccines. I hope he's actually going to be speaking about the vaccines and not the virus, because some of the other experts out there, the million-dollar news anchors and researchers, can't seem to distinguish the vaccine from the virus. Of course, you may think that, I don't know, is the vaccine the virus? Dr. Hunter, it was announced this week that Atrium wants to be, and probably will be, a distribution center for the Pfizer vaccine when it becomes available. And that really is supposedly weeks away from being released to uh, medical personnel. That vaccine has to be kept at extremely low temperatures, up to 80 degrees below zero Celsius, which is minus 94, I think, Fahrenheit. It requires special uh, refrigeration units that Atrium and Novant have both purchased and have 
I, I guess they have them in place. Is that a good indication that you will, in fact, be distributing this virus? I mean, this vaccine. Makes me laugh every time. Let's hear that again. That you will, in fact, be distributing this virus. I mean, this vaccine. That's what he said. Listen to this one. Critically, and I suppose this is the central point about why we are being cautious as well as obviously happy at the news, is because we've got to stick with it in the meantime. You know, we, this, the, if this virus rolls out, it takes three weeks between the two doses that you mentioned, then takes another one to two weeks to get the full uh, protection. If this virus rolls out, it takes two to three weeks. If the virus rolls out or the vaccine, wait a minute, is it the vaccine or is it, is it the virus and the vaccine? Is the vaccine the virus? Uh, uh. ...of cases across the whole country is worse now than it was. The good news is the lethality of the virus is way down. The good news is apparently there's a virus coming. We are in a very different place now than we were then. Yes, the good news is there's a new virus coming and we're going to be in a better place than we are right now. The good news is that there's a new virus, says Brian Williams, star anchor newsman who just reads from a screen, does no investigation, does no journalism, just reads. He does as much as a, as a sixth grader. Um, so yeah, there's good news. There's a new virus on the way. The vaccine is the virus. The vaccine is delivering that viral RNA. As I said, we ran larger trials than required or than usual, and we have a pretty good understanding and description of what I would call the short-term safety of this vaccine during the period of their clinical assessment. This period is shorter than usual. What we are doing is two things. First, we analyzed in the databases of the FDA over the last four decades when, in time, do side effects of vaccines appear for vaccines that have been developed, and there are tens and tens of vaccines that have been developed. And we've seen that over 90% of those side effects occur within the 40 days after completing the immunization schedule. This is the reason why the FDA said we have to have at least 60 days of follow-up on 50% of the study population in the clinical trials before we can uh, consider approving this vaccine. So we cover, I would say, the overwhelming majority of potential side effects. We will understand the performance of the vaccine from that standpoint already now. Okay, just for memory's sake, the guy who's talking is Dr. Monsef Slawi. He's a Moroccan immunology doctor who six months ago, eight months ago, denied being part of a U.S. government task force to find a vaccine for COVID-19. He said that he had no working arrangements with the U.S. government in a statement he made to L'Economiste, a Moroccan-French language newspaper. This all comes from an article uh, in the Morocco World News that was produced March 31st, 2020. Several of the local news outlets they cited for this story claim that Monsef Slawi, the former chairman of pharmaceutical giant GlaxoSmithKline, was part of a task force that is researching the vaccine. The international expert Slawi is currently a member of the board of directors of American biotechnology company Moderna. And until on May 15th, when President Trump announced that Monsef Slawi would be the chief scientist in Operation Warp Speed, Dr. Slawi was indeed a former member 
of the board of directors of Moderna. And while Moderna is not necessarily a tip of the tug go to pharmaceutical company, um, they are very familiar in Washington, D.C. anyway, with Moderna. And thanks to American taxpayers, the company has benefited from a donation of $483 million from the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, or BARDA, which is also part of the DHHS, Department of Human and Health Services. Uh, Not only has Moderna benefited from the generosity of American dollars, it has benefited from none other than the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And if those connections aren't enough to give you the creeps, Dr. Slowey is also connected to the Gates Foundation through his position on the board of directors of the International AIDS Vaccine Initiative, which is entirely funded by, guess who, Bill and Melinda Gates. But who cares? I mean, who really gives a shit about Bill Gates anymore? None of this shit really fucking matters, except for these are horrible people doing horrible things with very, very powerful and deadly weapons to fight other very powerful deadly weapons for diseases that they have created. And even though Moderna or Pfizer, none of these people are unique in their inability to create a safe and long-term effective vaccine for a coronavirus because there has never been a safe and long-term effective vaccine for any coronavirus, not the common cold and certainly not the flu. If you've been paying attention for the last, I don't know, 20 years of flu vaccines, you have to get a new one every year. But just for fun, I've got this really great clip of Mr. Bill Gates getting grilled on CBS on July 26th about side effects of the so far inconclusive tests tests of the vaccines. The Moderna vaccines sound concerning. We looked. After the second dose, at least 80% of participants experienced a systemic side effect, ranging from severe chills to fevers. So are these vaccines safe? Well, the, uh, the FDA not being pressured will look hard at that. The FDA is the gold standard of regulators, uh, and their current guidance on this, if they stick with that, is, is very, very appropriate. Uh, and This is great. He's such, he's such a snake. You can always tell Bill's, Bill's tell is, ah, uh, 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 and he kind of, John Dvorak pointed out his other tell is that he has like this uh, kind of swallowing thing he does when he's trying to talk when he's in a corner. It's really fucking fun to watch. If you could, I'm going to try to link this video in the show notes because it's really funny to watch him gesticulate with his arms and try to, he's just, he's clenching his fingers into a ball because he's totally in the corner on this shit and he's trying to like, um, uh, uh. Um, trying to stall for time to say the uh, right words. It's really, it's really a joy to watch this snake uh, get skinned in this little interview. Carrying on, you know the it, the the oh yes, and the stutter, the 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 you know the it the 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 side effects were not super severe that is it didn't cause permanent health problems for uh the things that are, they you know moderna did have to go with a fairly high dose and so uh you know to get the antibodies some of the other vaccines uh are going able to go with lower doses to get uh responses that are are pretty high including the the J- 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. NJ and the Pfizer. And so there's a lot of characteristics of these vaccines. Um, it's great that we have multiple of them uh, that are Bill, going out there. And, and yes, I you, think you know the data the better than I do. But the bill, Bill, the, the data showed that everybody with a high dose had a, a side effect. Yeah, but some of that is is not dramatic. Where you know it's just you know super painful, but not dramatic. Just just you know super painful, but you know nothing dramatic. Just just super painful. That's all. No big deal. Just super painful side effects of this experimental vaccine getting rushed out at warp speed. Yeah, but some of that is is not dramatic where, you know, it's just, you know, super painful. But yes, there we need to make sure there's not severe side effects. The FDA, uh, I, I, I think, will do a good job of that uh, despite the pressure. How many doses of the vaccine will we need? Well, none of the vaccines at this point appear like they'll work with a single dose. And there it is. None of them are going to work with a single dose. Of course, that was what they were saying. Then, on July 26th, we could have, we may have come a long way by then, but there has never been a long-term effective, safe vaccine for a coronavirus ever in history. The smartest, most innovative, most fucking bloated, rich companies in the world for decades have never been able to come up, come up with it in decades and decades of research and practice and experimentation. And we're supposed to believe that in a matter of nine months, poof, this has happened. But then again, we are living in a time of magic. So I guess anything is possible. Warp speed. Well, none of the vaccines at this point appear like they'll work with a single dose. That was the, the hope at the very beginning. Uh, Maybe one of them, particularly in the second generation, won't surprise us. They're hoping that maybe one of the other vaccines in the second term might surprise them. That sounds like expert science to me. Science is not an exact science with these bozos. We hope just two, although in the elderly, sometimes uh, it, it takes more. And, and so making sure we have lots of elderly people in the trial will give us that data. Oh, whatever. Well, let's get back to the other bozo, Monsef Slowey. 
chief vaccine engineer in Operation Warp Speed. Secondly, we are working with the FDA and the CDC to set up together a very, very high-performance active pharmacovigilance system that resembles almost to the day the assessment that we do in clinical trials to look at the safety of the vaccines in the population as the vaccine immunization is rolled out uh, later in December if the vaccines are approved. And these data will be analyzed on a daily or bi-daily basis, and as soon as signals may appear, they will be analyzed exactly as in a clinical trial and conclusion drawn. And it is important that we were able to accelerate the vaccines to the extent we have done Because, as you know, unfortunately, we have north of 150,000 people infected every day and north of 1,000 people dying every day. And waiting two more months or four more months will count into the tens or the hundreds of thousands of more deaths, a harm to the population that no vaccine ever would even approach in, uh, in decades or centuries. So we believe that these vaccines will have their safety and their efficacy very well documented to the point where we are today. We really look forward to the reviews with the FDA, who will independently, with its uh, vaccine review board, um, uh, potentially approve these vaccines. And then the CDC and the ACIP, as the Secretary secretary said, uh, would recommend uh, their utilization. I should hope so considering the more than, I think it's $4.8 billion the National Vaccine Injury Program has compensated and awarded victims. And those are just adjusted claims. Those are adjusted awards. It's not even the true number, but that's $4.8 billion. I believe that's more than Big Tobacco has paid out for injury claims. Just consider that as far as vaccine safety goes. That you will, in fact, be distributing this virus. I mean, this vaccine. The vaccine is the virus. The vaccine is delivering that viral RNA. One final way that's new and is promising is called the RNA vaccine. With RNA and DNA, instead of putting that shape in, you put instructions in the code to make that shape. You put instructions in the code to make that shape. Everything that I'm about to mention is currently being developed by Bill Gates, often in partnership with the CV-19 playbook, MIT, all of which is backed by the United Nations and the Rockefeller Foundation. Due to ongoing mutations with CV-19, the CV vaccine currently being developed will alter our DNA through an actual synthesizing of our individual genetic code using mRNA and CRISPR technology, which acts as scissors by cutting DNA at a designated spot and removing or inserting uh, a new sequence with uh, an artificial code to make sure every man, woman, and child complies with the One World Order's mandatory implementations. Gates and MIT are currently developing the human implantable quantum dot microneedle vaccination delivery system. It's a tattoo for the hand, which will include our identification mark and vaccination records. I'm sure you've heard about that by now. It's old news. No one cares about it anymore, but there is. That is <laughs> that is just one of many, many sub-projects going on underneath the radar, uh, behind all the Trump and Biden and voter counts and BLM and fucking masks. There's that shit going on behind the scenes, too. So, yes, this is an exciting time. That you will, in fact, be distributing this virus. 
I mean, this vaccine. The good news is the lethality of the virus is way down. The good news is apparently there's a virus coming. We are in a very different place now than we were then. The vaccine is the virus. The vaccine is delivering that viral RNA. One final way that's new and is promising is called the RNA vaccine. With RNA and DNA, instead of putting that shape in, you put instructions in the code to make that shape. You put instructions in the code to make that shape. And then we look forward to the next two vaccines that we hope will be giving us data on their efficacy in the weeks to come, maybe in early January uh, for one of them. And for the other, it could be in the next few weeks if data from trials running outside of the U.S. read out, or maybe slightly later if uh, trials in the U.S. read out. Uh, maybe one of them, particularly in the second generation, won't surprise us. Thank you very much. And I will pass now to the co-leader, with me of the operations in Alperna. Well, thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a while? Mr. Secretary, and of course, uh, Dr. Salawi, my co-leader, uh, thank you for this opportunity to talk about uh, and focus a little bit on distribution. Uh, so first, I just will say this is, uh, it is a large task, but it's a task that we are up for. Uh, and we're going to take a whole of America approach. That's why we're going to be able to do this. Uh, and we've been working on this now for over six months. Since the announcement uh, six months ago on May 15th, we literally started planning accordingly. Uh, and it is the foundation of our planning uh, started with the great uh, experts at the CDC. The experts at the CDC, the same experts who have reversed themselves time and time and time again since February, March, January. Over and over again, they say that it's safe to be outside. It's not safe. You don't have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. Six feet. No, it's three feet. No, it's 12 feet. No, it's airborne. No, it's not airborne. Oh, now it's airborne again. Within 12 hours, we just discovered this. It's not an exact science. I understand that. But these fucking bozos are not experts in anything more than I am an expert in anything I desire. It's fucking out of this world. So thank God for the guidance of the CDC followed by the fucking military. Christ on crutches. We're in for a big one. We're in for a real treat. This is really exciting to me. You want to hear a really great episode, a really great conversation, not even a conversation. If you want to hear a really great podcast about the advice of experts. It's not a long one. It's maybe 25 minutes. It's That Larry Show, episode 187, Danger, Experts. Listen to that 25-minute long podcast. You'll love Larry. He's a national treasure. He's got the most amazing voice. It's a fucking fantastic five-star podcast. Check it out. But if you really want to hear about experts and the advice of experts... And what makes an expert or an expert opinion and what expert opinions actually do for people who think and can do things for themselves and make their own decisions, please go back and listen to That Larry Show, episode 187. It's fan-fucking-tastic, and it'll make you think about the word expert. Okay, I'm going to shut up for this next section of General Perna describing the distribution aspect of this Operation Warp Speed. I think it's pretty interesting and important information. I think it's being uh, widely ignored by most people, most outlets. Uh, so I'm not going to 
pepper it with my own insults and clips. I want you to listen to what General Perna has to say about how they're going to distribute this amazing wonder vaccine, uh, both rounds one, two, and three, and whoever knows, however many after that, how it's going to be stored, and who's in charge of shipping the storage materials, that is. Uh, and it's been extended to the jurisdiction uh, planners so that we have a great collaborative plan on how to execute this together, right? And as the Secretary talked about earlier, uh, we have implemented several mechanisms to allow other organizations inside of America to enable execution. Not one uh, uh, source or one organization will be responsible, but it's the collective group of us uh, that will make this successful. So distribution of the vaccine will be based on fair and equitable uh, availability of the vaccine pro rata to the population. So in other words, population of the state against the available vaccine will be distributed uh, to each state. We are, excuse me, we have been working uh, these numbers with the states for a little while. And every week that goes by, we are able to create a tighter shot group of the actual numbers uh, and the allocations that will be available uh, to each state as we get going. Uh, uh, distribution will be by jurisdiction. Uh, as I've talked about, I use jurisdiction in states, you know, sometimes inappropriately. So let me define jurisdiction, 64 of them. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. 50 states, 8 territories, and 6 metropolitan cities uh, equal the 64 jurisdictions. We're doing extensive planning with each of these organizations so that we implement their plan, right? So they will figure out where we want the vaccine to be distributed to and administered, and that's where the vaccine will be distributed uh, accordingly. So, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but what he's saying is the governors of each state is going to be the one in charge of the decision-making as far as who gets the vaccine and where it gets distributed first in a matter of priority. It's going to be our governors. So that's all going to be dependent also, of course, on the relative level of insanity, hysteria, or actual genuine concern of your governor for your health and your safety or your willingness. These are 50 sovereign states, allegedly, and these governors could likely say that everyone in the state has to have a vaccine or you can't leave. Uh, it's going to be real fun. So we want to emphasize 
following, um, of course, uh, FDA guidelines, CDC, ACIP guidelines. Uh, the governors and the states uh, will figure out the plan, and we are ready to execute in collaboration with their plan uh, as we've been working on for six months, doing numerous tabletop exercises and now extending it into actual rehearsals of how to move the product uh, from fill finish sites to distribution centers down to actual administration sites. Uh, we are making sure, as I said, that it's a whole of American approach. So let me pull the string on that a little bit for you. So clearly here in Health and Human Services, the CDC, the cornerstone, are experts that know how to distribute vaccine uh, as they do every year annually for um, uh, influenza, as they've done for H1N1, etc. A very talented group of people who know all the technical aspects and all the requirements that are needed to make sure that the vaccine, uh, once, um, once we have it fill finished, we can distribute in a safe and effective way. The second step, as I mentioned earlier, is the 100% collaboration with the jurisdictions, making sure that we are integrated and synchronized and ready to implement their plan uh, for way they want to uh, uh, execute immunization down at the administration sites uh, as they define it. Uh, and we're ready to do that because we've been working together for quite a while. CDC published a playbook back in September, uh, and the jurisdictions have been going through the playbook, filling it out. We've been collaborating, uh, and we've been working the plan and the nuances to make sure that every detail is covered. Second, we are working with commercial industry. The experts in this field, those that know how to produce, store, distribute, and administer the vaccine accordingly. They do this every day. This is the United States of America. This is not new to us. And so organizations, of course, starting with Pfizer and Moderna, right, who know how to uh, produce, fill, finish, and then begin distribution of the vaccine, right, it's their... It's their um, core competency. Then we're working with McKesson, a large, very large distribution uh, company that knows how to produce or distribute vaccine throughout the entire country, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and then, as the Secretary mentioned, we have collaborated with pharma such as uh, <clears throat> CVS and Walgreens, right? And so that we have already laid out plans and coordinated uh, uh, memorandums of agreement to ensure that we're executing uh, the right way in accordance with the jurisdiction plans uh, as they direct will execute. So we're bringing this whole of America approach uh, from government to industry uh, and we're bringing it all together to ensure that safe and effective vaccines are delivered to the American people in a timely manner. The time associated with delivery. We will begin distribution of the vaccine within 24 hours after uh, emergency use authorization is approved, right? And only after the science has determined uh, and approved it accordingly, then we are poised and ready to begin distribution. Distribution will occur uh, uh, from our, uh, our fill finish sites and will go to all 64 jurisdictions uh, that we are responsible to ensure that they get vaccine for within 24 hours. 
So everybody, every jurisdiction will have access immediately. Upon the initial push of vaccine, which is the quantities of vaccine that are available upon the emergency use authorization, then we will begin a weekly cadence of delivery of vaccine. As vaccine comes off the shelf, as it has been approved and available for distribution, we will distribute it to the 64 jurisdictions. So initial push and then continuous cadence of delivery of vaccine to ensure that we rapidly expand the availability to the entire country uh, simultaneously. I hope you caught all that. I found that to be the most important part of this whole press briefing. Sorry it took 54 minutes to get to this point. I'm a funny guy. But yeah, within 24 hours of emergency use authorization, which comes before the biologics license application, within 24 hours, apparently, we're supposed to believe, and I think it's worth taking these guys halfway seriously, that every man, woman, and child from coast to coast is going to have a vaccine available to them. They're going to have access to a vaccine. Of course, no one yet has said the word mandated. No one yet has said the word voluntary or consent. I think those are words that are worth noting absent in this whole press briefing. But the severity of their expansion plan is worth noting. They really are going to try to push this through within 24 hours. That's when they're mobilized. This guy is saying he's good to go. The whole military arm of this Operation Warp Speed under General Perna is good to go. And all my jarhead friends out there know what good to go means. That means we're good to fucking go. Let's get it done. Lock and load, bitches. Hoorah. We are working um, with jurisdictions to do several things, though, that we need to make sure that we get done uh, as we get closer to uh, final approval uh, at the EUA by the FDA. Three things that we're working with the jurisdictions that we need to have. First, we must have jurisdictions um, uh, create good, solid, expansive provider enrollment, right? As many organizations as they want uh, need to be enrolled so that we can expand distribution rapidly to the quantities of vaccine that's available. Only to providers that are enrolled can we distribute to. So they can limit it to a certain amount or they can expand it so that we can ensure that we're covering the entire country, uh, as the Secretary alluded to in his comments. Very key point. We have made significant progress in this area. Uh, we are just counting the eaches of, of provider enrollments that we need to get done as we get closer and closer to final distribution day. Second, we must have the states uh, go through and sign their data use agreements. This is incredibly important right, for the new vaccine going out to the American people. First, we must be able to see uh, who got their first dose, where they got their first dose, and what vaccine did they receive as their first dose. Why? Because we must ensure that we can do the same for the second dose of each vaccine that we're sending out. Uh, the second thing, and really important, is we want to make sure that we have a good consistent flow of vaccine out to the American people. And so our ability to track the uptake, the actual administration of the shot in an arm, is going to be essential to us making sure we deliver vaccine on a continuous basis. So really important. Does this sound good? 
Are we having fun yet? Is this rattling your cage? Yeah. The third thing I would uh, keep the the jurisdictions uh, working on is their actual rehearsals in the execution of the plan. We conduct tabletop exercises at this level, right, where uh, uh, all of of, uh, government and industry and jurisdictions participate, but then we're expanding it now to actual execution down at the tactical level or down in the local cities. How do we work uh, a, a distribution of vaccine uh, through the CVS, Walgreens, etc., at the hospital? How does it actually get received, unloaded, stored, and then administered uh, is the rehearsals we're working. I continually um, emphasize this when I talk to jurisdictions. It is a great mechanism to check and double-check to make sure everything is in place. Making sure everything is in place. Like all those huge convoys of military vehicles people have been filming all over the country for the last nine months. All of those armed military personnel and convoys of equipment that has been seen, filmed, videotaped on railroad tracks and highways all over the country. Getting everything in place. What we're doing to make sure that... um that we are ready uh, at this level after working these details for the last six months. Uh, as I've told the team, two things we must have. One, upon uh, emergency use authorization, uh, all of America must receive vaccine within 24 hours, as I said. Did you guys hear that? I'm going to play that again. Upon uh, emergency use authorization, uh, all of America must receive vaccine within 24 hours, as I said. He didn't say all of America should have access to or have the voluntary choice of, he said all of America will have the vaccine within 24 hours. I just wanted to point that out. Particular language is important to pay attention to, to me anyway. I think this is incredibly important. Fair and equitable distribution of the vaccine throughout the country simultaneously. There is no haves and have-nots. It is an equitable distribution, uh, and we are driving hard to make sure that that happens. No have-nots, no will-nots, or no have-nots. The second thing that we want to do is make sure that the cadence of vaccine delivery following the first push is routine so that states slash jurisdictions can plan for it uh, and account and develop execution of the administration in a routine method so that the population is well-informed Uh, and that they know where to get the vaccine and when to get the vaccine. Uh, And so those two points were driving home as key essential tasks at our level. And so, Mr. Secretary, thank you. Uh, Pause. So um, as we get ready for questions, I just want to conclude the opening by expressing my deep appreciation to to Dr. Slowey and General Perna. You know, whenever I created Operation Warp Speed, I, I called around to people in the industry, experts in vaccines, and everybody said, the person that you need leading this is Monsef Slaoui, um, the, the world's leading vaccine developer with the greatest track record of delivering results. Uh, and he has proven that. Uh, I met with the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and they immediately said, the person you need leading this effort is General Gus Perna. And it is the American people owe a deep, deep debt of gratitude to these two individuals as well as the hundreds of people 
on their teams who, uh, who are, who are delivering the kinds of results, historic results, that we have seen in the last week. So we'll turn now to questions. I think I'm going to include the question and answer portion of this press briefing because even though no one asks any really important questions like, will we have a choice? Um, some of the questions might be interesting to you, dear listener. There's a few repeat questions, and you can listen. It's kind of funny. You can almost hear General Perna get annoyed with having to answer the same question like three or four different times. It's really quite entertaining. But anyway, I'm going to play it and listen to it, and um, I might just cut it all out. But for now, here goes with some question and answer from the press, from only the approved press, by the way, of course, from the cathedral. Zachary Brennan, you may go ahead and please state your outlet. Hi, thanks for taking the question. I'm with Politico. So uh, I'm curious if someone can talk about federal plans for vaccine waste. So say you're trying to vaccinate a hospital with 37 doctors, and the Pfizer vaccine only comes in, you know, five doses per vial and 195 vials per container. What What is the plan for those remaining doses that might be left over? Let me so, ask General Perna. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Mr. Secretary. So, uh, Really important question, and we've been working hard with the jurisdictions to make sure that the plan um, provides the details uh, to that end. So you you uh, mentioned it. Pfizer comes at a minimum package of 975 doses per tray, and Moderna comes in at 100 doses per tray. With that said, though, that's only a constraint because of what we have to do to maintain it at the right temperature for stability. So you can break down both vaccines, right? You can pull out quantities uh, of what you want to execute and put them, uh, reduce them and put them in two to eight normal refrigeration uh, and then execute them within five days. That's the key. So it's the, it's the planning, the, 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 the specified execution that we're counting on. And the states have been working this. One of the reasons that we asked and uh, we brought Walgreens and CVS in special, as the secretary mentioned, is because they know how to break this down and do small quantities for important groups. And so we've, we've worked very detailed plans with them, uh, and we're collaborating that with the jurisdictions to make sure that no vaccine is wasted uh, and that when they go to immunize at specified places, they have the right techniques um, and procedures to make sure that only the required doses are reduced to the right temperature for administration and that the others stay in the appropriate um, temperature for stability. Great. Thank you. Next question. Sorry for the obnoxious noises. When I was recording this, I was actually dumping and moving a bunch of folders on my desktop. Sorry. Thank you. Next question comes from Evan Brown. You may go ahead and please state your outlet. Uh, hi, good afternoon. Evan Brown from Fox News. Um, to to uh, piggyback on the last question, um, there has been a lot of talk about the need for refrigerating the uh, the Pfizer vaccine at a, an extremely low temperature. Are there plans uh, to either provide more of these refrigeration units to either retail pharmacies or healthcare facilities? Uh, is there a way... Um, and I'm thinking back uh, earlier this year, the, the ability to uh, ramp up production on things like ventilators. Is there a way to ramp up production, either through the uh, Defense Production Act or something else, um, to build more of these refrigeration units to get them where they need to be? So 
uh, I'll ask General Perna to continue on that discussion. Would you mind uh, either yourself or Dr. Slowey also, uh, I want to get out there, the latest information that we have that's public around temperature stability on both the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine. I think that'll be an important te technical clarification for people, but perhaps first, mm -hmm. General, on the just the, the, the cold storage on Pfizer and equipment. Yes. Yes, Mr. Secretary. First, I'm just, you know, Dr. Salawi laid it out for us as usually incredibly well. Um, I will tell you that uh, both the Pfizer vaccine and Moderna vaccine, as he said, are, you know, these are just, these vaccines are ready to be administered. Uh, and it, what I've been coaching uh, jurisdictions uh, is don't be afraid of the constraints because of the vaccine and the temperature requirements. We have walked through every individual step on how to maintain a Pfizer vaccine with ultra cold uh, refrigeration as well as what does it need if it's maintained in the box that it's delivered via dry ice uh, with excruciating detail. So first, uh, we know where all the ultra cold storage uh, refrigeration is in the country. We asked the jurisdictions months ago for this data. They went and identified it and tracked it down. They also were provided the, uh, with uh, resources on how to go buy more refrigeration if they wanted to, uh, to increase the distribution capability throughout their jurisdiction uh, if it was required. Many states don't require additional uh, refrigeration. They have enough and or how do they supplement um, with dry ice as accordingly. So we, we've laid all that out. My message, don't be afraid of the refrigeration requirement. The capability exists. If more is needed, uh, the capability exists to purchase and have it delivered in a timely manner for both refrigeration and dry ice. Uh, and then I think... Yeah, so I, I think... I think keeping the vaccines refrigerated when they are stored in mass is not an issue, as General just explained. It's important to know once you thaw them for the Moderna vaccine, you can keep that vial thawed for a month, 30 days at 2 to 8 degrees. That's enough time. Each vial has 10 doses of vaccine. That's enough time, clearly, to immunize 10 individuals. In the case of the Pfizer vaccine, you can throw the vial. It also contains 10 doses of vaccine. You can keep it for five days at 2 to 8 degrees. That's ample time to immunize in the setting of a pandemic. So clearly we feel very comfortable that uh, there will be minimum wastage. Uh, and I can tell you everything is planned to the, to the minute. I'm learning about how the Army wins wars a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive. Great. Thank you. Next question. <laughs> Pretty impressive how the Army wins wars because of excruciating planning down to the minute. Never mind the quagmire of Vietnam and the over 22-year-long quagmire of Afghanistan. It's really, it's really a wonder. It's marvelous how, with such exquisite detail, through precision planning down to the minute, how victorious the U.S. Army is and the military in winning all the time. Amazing. And to have that be grandfathered in to the pharmaceutical, military, industrial complex is just really comforting to me. Thank you. Beth Wong, you may go ahead and please state your outlet. 
Hi, thank you. I'm Beth Long with Inside Health Policy. I'm wondering with both of these vaccines potentially getting EUA um, clearance around the same time, how will you determine or how will it be determined who gets which vaccine if they're both available? And um, also how much of the population do you expect will need to get vaccinated to achieve widespread immunity? Dr. Slowey, if he could start with that. I think we are in the fortunate position at this stage that the two vaccines have almost identical performance. And, uh, of course, it will all depend on the reviews by the FDA on the, uh, you know, the minutia of the data, exactly what label and the safety profile, et cetera. But they, they are very similar in their making and in their performance. And, therefore, I don't think there should be any constraints on who gets what vaccine. I think one in the hand is better than two in the bush here. You take the vaccine that's available would be my personal recommendation, but obviously the CDC and ACIP will, will make that call. In regard of your second point, this level of efficacy, very impressive, frankly, needs to be complemented. It's efficacy against disease. We need to, and we will, be able to assess the capacity of these vaccines to have also prevented infection, or if there is infection, whether they impact the amount of virus load that we have that sheds through which we uh, infect other people. The vaccine is the virus. Most likely, they are effective against infection, maybe not at 95%, and most likely they are effective at decreasing virus load and therefore virus shedding. Therefore, they should have an impact on transmission. People model that anything north of 70% of the population being immunized should decrease substantially the pressure of virus circulating and therefore substantially uh, achieve herd immunity. You don't have a choice. People act like you have a choice. So uh, just to add to that, we are ready to distribute both uh, vaccines upon EUA approval in the fair and equitable uh, distribution manner that I discussed earlier. I fucking told you, bitches, we're good to go. Hoorah! Uh, we are ready to simultaneously, if if EUA occurs, to ship both to all 64 jurisdictions. Thank you. Next question. Thank you. Carol Donnell, please state your outlet. Hi, this is Carl O'Donnell, Reuters News. Um, just uh, just two questions, kind of building on, on what's been asked. Uh, do, you, do you foresee... Um, Moderna's vaccine being more prevalent um, and, and shipped in, lar- in proportionately larger quantities to rural areas and other hard-to-reach areas, given its significantly, um, you know, less constraining storage requirements? And also, do you foresee there being some period of time where only the Pfizer vaccine is, is available, just given the timing of the EUAs that's likely? Thank you. Good question. Let me uh, ask General Perna. So as, as uh, Dr. Salawi talked about earlier, you know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We're going to wait for the science to lay some things out for us. Waiting for the science. I thought these bozos were experts. Uh, and then we are going to execute the plans that the jurisdictions have established um, once they figure out their priority and, you know, where they want it to go. I will tell you that we've worked excruciating details to ensure that uh, every area uh, is being uh, thought about, whether it's inner city or extreme rural um, uh, areas, so that we have the capability and capacity to do so. Really, again, the connection is is our ability to partner with industry, you know, both distribution and pharma uh, for administration to really achieve that success. And, that, and that's, uh, Carl, uh, uh, that's partly why when the CDC and General Perna's distribution team worked with the 64 jurisdictions, we actually gave them two hypothetical vaccines uh, with these types of profiles described on them, the, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine profiles, so that as they think about which outlets they would want to use and designate for us to, to ship to or have shipped to, that, that they would fit those kinds of those profiles. So I think it's been exactly. built into their jurisdictional planning. Exactly. Next and question. In, in regard of your question on the lag between the two vaccines being available, uh, as you know, we, we're probably talking about a week or 10 days. It will be a call of the FDA as they review the files, whether they will hold one Verpac or two different Verpacs. But the, uh, the lag time between the two vaccines is going to be very, very, very minimal. Great. Next question. Stephanie Ebbs, you may go ahead. Please state your outlet. Uh, thank you. This is Stephanie Ebbs from ABC News. Can you walk us through a bit more in a bit more detail what might happen in that 24 hours between an EUA and shipment? And specifically, do you anticipate that the ASIP committee would meet and determine recommendations for how to prioritize that initial shipment of doses before it goes out to states or after? Yeah, so, so Stephanie, that's an excellent question. Uh, and I'm working uh, directly with uh, CDC Director uh, Robert Redfield on how we could convene the ACIP, hopefully concurrent with the FDA review. Customarily, they wait until there's a licensure from the FDA, and then uh, 48 hours later we'll meet and provide advice out. Uh, but we're working to see if we can actually facilitate a concurrent review process that's collaborative with the FDA sharing the, whatever information the ACIP would need to do its job so that it doesn't add any extra delay. With, with over 1,000 people perishing per day, uh, we want to we, – we, our mission at Operation Warp Speed is about saving lives. Every hour, every day matters, and so we're going to work to try to minimize that, any type of delay there. So in other words, we're going to – we've already developed some pretty clever workarounds for all that legal liability uh, processing and approval bullshit. we got to get this shit out and save lives. A thousand people dying every day in the world, that just can't happen. We can't have any death on this planet at all. So we're going to work around all that liability shit and get this needle in your arm within 24 hours, you fucking slaves. Next question. Tom Hall, you may go ahead. Please state your outlet. 
Hi, this is uh, Tom Howell from the Washington Times. I just want to know if you could give us a sense of what type of storage will be used in different settings. In other words, there's the ultra-low freezers, there's the refrigeration for a certain amount of day, there's the dry ice and thermal shippers. This is like the third or fourth question about cold storage. Have you guys noticed that? It's just so tiresome. They've already explained it. They're going to be keeping it ultra-fucking-cold. Some of them can stay out as soon as they're thawed out. Some of them only stay good for a couple of days once they're thawed out. Fucking take notes. God damn it. Um, which kind of places will be using which, you know, hospitals, large chain, large chain pharmacies? Um, have you sorted that out yet? So uh, mostly hospitals, universities, uh, and the farmer chains have the ultra-cold storage capacity. And it ranges from different volumes of capacity, uh, maintaining hundreds uh, of thousands of doses to just uh, limited maybe one or two trays. Um, as I said earlier, we have those pinpointed throughout the country. We know exactly where they are uh, and how they're fitting into the jurisdiction plans uh, for distribution. Uh, what we've done uh, to really help mitigate um, the, the distribution of that vaccine outside of ultra-cold storage availability is partner with pharma, in particular CVS and Walgreens, who have mobile capability for both ultra-cold uh, as well as how to distribute out of the pharma, out of the, excuse me, Pfizer uh, distribution boxes, which contain, contain dry ice. They're well uh, instructed on how to manage the dry ice to ensure that the stability of the vaccine uh, remains the same throughout distribution. Uh, the second point uh, to that end is that we are partnering with um, the states, the jurisdictions, uh, and pharma to ensure that the plan, based on how many doses that we uh, distribute initially and then through the cadence, right, can be, um, what's the word I want to use? We want to lead our way through execution so that uh, distribution will be through organization organizations that allow people to be notified uh, and be ready for the administration of a shot, at least initially through maybe December, January timeframe until we have more vaccines that will be available throughout at many different locations. Okay, next question. Peter Loftus, you may go ahead. Please state your outlet. Hi, Pete Loftus from the Wall Street Journal. What steps are you taking to ensure that this whole process continues to go smoothly in the transition to the next administration. Yeah, so, so Peter, um, in the event of a transition, the individuals that you're seeing here, other than myself, all of the individuals involved in planning at CDC and on the Operation Warp Speed team, uh, these are career officials. Uh, so they aren't impacted by any change in leadership. Uh, this, the work with the states is, is deeply embedded with CDC's work processes. So uh, in the event of a transition, there's, there's really just total continuity that would occur. <laughs> yeah. These, listen, fuck, these, we are, we are career criminals here, okay? We ain't going anywhere. We've been in this situation for a long fucking time. This is our house. Ain't going to try to talk about no one fucking moving into my goddamn house. We're career criminals. Don't give a fuck about no Biden administration. He's been working for us. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Next question. Emily Cox, you may go ahead. Please state your outlet. Hi, this is Emily Cox with CQ Roll Call. 
Um, Secretary Azar, there's a CNN report that um, suggests staffers have been instructed that if they hear from anyone with President-elect Joe Biden's team, that they are not to communicate with them. So I wanted to get your response to that. Um, and then I also wanted to ask, um, you know, I've heard a lot today about the role of the 64 individual jurisdictions. Are you encouraging um, the vice president or the president-elect to reach out to those individual jurisdictions to find out the plans in lieu of more meaningful collaboration at the federal level? So we, we've made it very clear that uh, when GSA makes a determination, uh, we will ensure complete uh, cooperative professional transitions uh, and planning. Uh, but that's uh, we, we follow the guidance. We're about getting vaccines and therapeutics uh, invented and get the clinical trial data and saving lives here. That's where our, that's where our focus is uh, as, as we go forward with our efforts. Stop bringing up old shit. Operator, we have time for two more questions. Thank you. Charles Fishman, you may go ahead. Please state your outlet. Uh, Charles Fishman with The Atlantic. Um, a a two-part question about dry ice. Really, dude? Another fucking dry ice cold storage question? Do you not take notes? Come on, man. Can you tell us roughly how many of the places receiving the vaccine have the ultra-cold freezers and, and how many rely on dry ice just as a percentage? And I think last week or, or the previous week, Operation Warp Speed said it would provide to the places that need dry ice the first recharge, the first 750 pounds for each container. Can you tell us how, how you're going to do that? Where is that dry ice going to come from and how is it going to get to those people who need it the day the vaccine arrives? Okay, so initially uh, I don't see any place where the vaccine is delivered that it won't go into an ultra cold storage uh, refrigerator. You know, as we are dealing with the initial doses available uh, and we're distributing accordingly, we've uh, coordinated and we've asked the jurisdictions to plan for it to go right into that type of capability so that we can learn and transition together uh, as we expand doses available to uh, each of the jurisdictions. So initially, I believe all will go into ultra-cold storage refrigeration. Second uh, point to your question about the dry ice, we did uh, and we have coordinated uh, and contracted for the first um, refresh of dry ice to all that we distribute uh, if it is required, if it goes into uh, the cold, ultra cold storage, like I just said, then it's not required, but there are surely to be exceptions uh, as we work through every detail across 64 jurisdictions uh, from the Pacific all the way through the Northeast uh, and then down to the South uh, East and then back up to the Northwest. There is going to be an exception, uh, and I wanted to make sure we were ready for that. So we've coordinated. Industry, um, commercial industry for uh, dry ice production, we've, we've coordinated uh, through them as well as, in particular, Pfizer to help with this. Uh, and then distribution will be through uh, FedEx and UPS. Because they definitely don't want fucking USPS handling that shit, man. We'll just ruin it. <laughs> we'll just leave it in a truck. Oh, my God. I'm so funny that they're going with FedEx and UPS because they actually want their shit there on time and in one piece. So... I feel very confident in that plan. Great. And I think we've got time for one last question, please. 
Thank you. Hassam Ahmed, you may go ahead. Please state your outlet. Yeah, this is Hassam Ahmed from AFP. Um, my question was, uh, since, uh, you know, this um, <clears throat> approval seems like uh, it's a matter of um, just a couple of weeks away now, what does that mean for those phase three trials and, and, and how, how you go ahead collecting data? Do they, you know, since it's approved, people on the placebo arm will obviously want to get the actual uh, vaccine. So how does that um, uh, affect how we, uh, have, you know, um, accrue more scientific information? Um, and is it still phase three then, or is it move on to phase four? What, uh, if you could talk about that a little bit, please. So very important question. Thank you for asking it, and one that we have been discussing uh, at length with all the parties involved. First thing to say is, unfortunately, the rate of transmission in the country is such that as Pfizer, for instance, has already reached the final analysis, you know, the number required for the final analysis uh, and announced it today, it is very likely that Moderna will also be shortly attaining that number and announcing it. So senso stricto, from the standpoint of efficacy analysis, the trials will have achieved their objective. From the standpoint of long-term follow-up into the trials, the trials could still generate substantially important uh, information, such as persistence of protection over time and safety over time. In that regard, we are working with the FDA and with the companies on when to cross over the placebo group to the vaccine and within the placebo group, whether that crossover should happen in a staged way, depending on the prioritization, for instance, that the CDC and the ACIP would have put forward. It sounds like they're going to continue with the placebo experimentation and testing analysis collection, data collection, while they're distributing the emergency use, emergency use authorization vaccine. So while there's a placebo group that's still being tested and being experimented and, and analyzed, real citizens of the United States are going to be taking the actual vaccine before any of the real data from the placebo group has been fully accumulated and analyzed, thoroughly researched, vetted, and approved for distribution, if I understand that correctly. They're going to continue the experimentation concurrently with the distribution. That will happen. The question is more when. Is it at EUA approval? Is it when 10% of the population has been immunized for a particular strata of the population that has been prioritized? Uh, is it when the BLA is approved, which actually from a regulatory standpoint is the trigger point, that's the latest possible. So we're talking about a period of maybe two or three months, uh, which is currently what we project to be the time between the EUA and the BLA. As you know, we always said that the EUA was a, spit spot, uh, a pit stop on, on, on the trajectory to a BLA. So with this vaccine, these vaccines, these are all six of them, by the way, are skipping the first step, which is the biologics licensing um, application, and they're going right forward to the emergency use authorization while the testing and experimenting of the placebo test group and control group, is, all that data is still being analyzed and collected 
And once that stuff, like usually what happens is that the the testing of the vaccine goes on for a substantial amount of time. And then at the outward limit of that, of those results and the analysis, then they achieve the biologics licensing uh, application. And then upon that application approval, then they can do the emergency use authorization. But in this case, they're skipping the BLA and they're going right to the emergency use authorization while they're doing the testing and analysis collection. And then they're going to go and get the biologics licensing application approved. So they're they're doing it backwards because people are dying and we can't have any death in this world. The vaccine is the virus. The vaccine is delivering that viral RNA. One final way that's new and is promising is called the RNA vaccine. With RNA and DNA, instead of putting that shape in, you put instructions in the code to make that shape. You put instructions in the code to make that shape. The good news is the lethality of the virus is way down. The good news is apparently there's a virus coming. We are in a very different place now than we were then. That you will, in fact, be distributing this virus. I mean, this vaccine. And that's the case. So it will happen. It will have, therefore, an impact on our capacity to continue to have uh, controlled data, but it will not impact our capacity to continue to have data. We just will not have the control group anymore as they will be immunized. There are strategies to still extract information from that. And at that stage, it will also potentially have impact on recruiting uh, uh, subjects in other clinical trials. Now, I do want to make a point here and a plea, frankly, which is that we now know that vaccination is possible. Not only it's possible, but it's incredibly effective. It's very likely that the other vaccines that are being tested will also be as effective or substantially as effective. I would really ask for the population of people who want to volunteer and help to come and participate into the clinical trials. A, because without their participation, it's impossible to know whether more vaccines can be demonstrated to be effective and safe and made available to the population. But also there is here, I think, a clear potential individual benefit, which is, you know, the EUA may be approved in the middle of December or so, and by the time the vaccine starts to be laid out, you may, as an individual, only have access to the vaccine in a month and a half or two months. If you participate into a clinical trial, you have a 50% chance to have access to the vaccine tomorrow. The good news is the lethality of the virus is way down. The good news is apparently there's a virus coming. We are in a very different place now than we were then. So both from an altruistic standpoint and from a personal standpoint, it would be great for people across the diversity of populations in the USA. Please go and participate to clinical trial, any one of the clinical trials. Thank you. That you will, in fact, be distributing this virus. I mean, this vaccine. Great. Thank you, and uh, thanks to the media for the excellent questions. Uh, just uh, two concluding points. First, as I mentioned, we'll try to have these technical uh, briefings occur on a regular basis for your benefit. Uh, second, for your readers, your listeners, your viewers, uh, I just ask you to please keep emphasizing with the vaccine news that we have, with the therapeutic approval that we have, 
there is light at the end of the tunnel, but we need people to get there. And the way people are going to get there is by practicing good individual behaviors of washing your hands, watching your distance, wearing your face coverings when you can't watch your distance, and avoid settings, especially right now as it's getting colder. Indoor settings like crowded indoor restaurants, crowded indoor bars, or home-based settings indoors where you're getting together with family, friends, neighbors, and not watching your distance and wearing your face coverings, letting your guard down, uh, you put yourself at risk. Please do those things because thanks to the great work of these individuals, thanks to President Trump's leadership of Operation Warp Speed, thanks to the world's and America's great biopharmaceutical industry, there is such promising hope ahead. We want you all to get there so that you can take advantage of it. Thank you very much for being with us today. One final way that's new and is promising is called the RNA vaccine. With RNA and DNA, instead of putting that shape in, you put instructions in the code to make that shape. You put instructions in the code to make that shape. The vaccine is the virus. The vaccine is delivering that viral RNA. Thanks for bearing with me through this episode of Up is Down. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for donating. If you want to continue to support the show, please click the links in the show notes. This is a value for value production. This podcast can be found almost anywhere you find your podcast. You can also listen to all the latest episodes and look out some of my other artwork on DeanRiner.com. You can find me on the No Agenda Stream. That's NoAgendaStream.com. Expect more collaborative podcasts with other show hosts and other interview guests some cool things in the pipe i might be there might be some you know typical gaps between productions as things are really shaken up in my world and i'm excited about that so i'm otherwise preoccupied you know i have a full-time job trying to do this thing on the side i'm really trying to push some other side hustles into the foreground and when i feel safe and comfortable talking about that i will let you know for sure all of your support helps me get to that direction uh, part of that is doing this show full time, doing multiple shows a week. If I had more time, you can help me get that time by supporting the show at the support links in the show notes. There's also a Bitcoin cash address if you're into that kind of thing. I really encourage that. Um, I encourage any support. I encourage you to listen, repost, clip. This is all open source. Um, and really just uh, be nice to each other. There's a whole fucking jungle out there and things are getting tough. So just be nice to each other and keep the diamond in your eye. Until next time, adios, motherfuckers. End of healthy days, crumbling away all your rights and normal functions. Experts spreading fear, lies are all so clear. Trust the science of our death construction. You will lose your store. Leave your house no more. Everything on Zoom. Sterilize your room. That Fauci bastard. Obey your masker. Your life ruined bastard. Obey your masker, masker, masker of puppets are dreaming of things to limit your life and sell all your dreams. Blinded by science, you can't trust a thing. 
Look at the models and then you will sing. Masker, masker. Biden and Trump are on the same team. Masker, masker. Close the schools today. Home is where you'll stay. No more playdates for your children. Tech monopoly. Screens are how we see. Fudge the numbers till they're building. Mask up or you will be. Dead like on TV. Listen to the who. And they're killing you. Warp speed faster. Obey your masker. That Fauci bastard. Obey your masker. Masker.